Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hi, welcome to Calvary Live. Good afternoon. Welcome. Uh, this is Pastor Nick Cady with you today on the air, taking your calls and texts live. Today, I am filling in for Pastor Ed. Pastor Ed is in Israel right now with a group from Calvary Aurora and some other Calvary Chapel pastors. So I'm filling in for him today and next Thursday. So I'm excited to be with you on the air, answering your questions from the Bible, praying for your prayer requests, or giving it pastoral advice on anything going on in your life that you'd like to talk about. I want to say a big welcome to everyone listening on the air in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. We're privileged to be on the air all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Colorado Springs, and uh, looking forward to seeing how the station expands in the years to come. We also want to say hi to those of you who listen on the East Coast. We have uh, those who are listening syndicated on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We also want to say hi to everybody listening now on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad that you are uh, able to tune in. We want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. So you have an awesome opportunity that the people here locally in Colorado don't have, and that is that you get to call in and have your question go out over the air, but then you get to tune in again next week and you get to hear yourself and you get to hear how strange your voice sounds when you hear yourself on the radio. That's why I don't like to listen to myself on the podcast or the replay. But we also want to uh, invite those of you who are, whether you're in the local area here in Colorado, Wyoming, or if you're on the East Coast or Tennessee, we'd love to have you call in and represent and we'd love to hear from you. We also want to say a big hello to everyone who's listening online. We have a great Grace FM app that you can tune in and you can listen online. And uh, we, we know that there are so many of you who also tune in on web browsers and on the website. So welcome to the program. We're glad that you've tuned in today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, just a few things about myself. I am the host every Monday on Calvary Live. And again, like I said earlier, I'm filling in today. But I get to host every Monday on Calvary Live. And I also have a show that airs on 2.30 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. called Life in the Field. And those are... Uh, excerpts from our sermons that are going on on Sunday mornings uh, at our church. So I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. For those of you in the Longmont area, we'd love to have you come out. Just take this opportunity to personally invite you to join us on a Sunday morning. Our church meets at 10 a.m. in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is a historic old building, big building downtown in downtown Longmont. We're right on the corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak Avenue. And so that's um, right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont. And if you are in the Longmont area or, you know, in surrounding towns, we would love to have you come and visit us on a Sunday morning. 
Our website, so you can check us out, is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And uh, our address, for those of you who know Longmont, is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And you can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. And always tune in every weekday on Grace FM at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. to hear our studies. Let's go to line one, where we've got Nick in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, Nick. How you doing, Pastor Nick? Doing very well. It's a nice name you have. Right on. I was just uh, calling to see um, the difference between being saved, where Jesus says, you know, if you believe on me, confess with your heart. You know, I mean, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And the difference of inheriting the kingdom of God. Okay, inheriting the kingdom of God. Yeah, so, I mean, those two things are drawing on two different kind of metaphors, I guess you could say. And there are other metaphors that are used to describe the salvation that Jesus gives. So one of them is being saved, which implies certain things. It means that we are in danger, that we are in peril, and that we are being saved from something. And, uh, sorry, could I just ask you to turn down your radio uh, in the background? Yeah, yeah, actually, all right. Uh, All right. Sorry. No worries. I I just know that it feeds back. So, uh, so yeah, it implies being saved that you're being saved from something. It means that you're in peril and that you're in danger of being lost. Right. And so you're, you are, or, or it means that you are lost and you are saved, right? You're being saved. And so one of the things I always tell our church is, you know, remember that salvation, which, you know, is the, bigger term for being saved. So salvation in the Bible is something that happens in the past, in the present, and in the future. So the Bible would say that we are saved. We have been saved by Jesus. He rescued us. He saved us. We are being saved. So we are in a process of salvation. And ultimately, one day, we will be saved fully. Um, So the kingdom of God, though, on the other hand, you know, obviously there's some relation between these two. But what the kingdom of God refers to is, you could put it this way, a kingdom is a realm, and the kingdom of God is the realm in which God is king, or in which he reigns, in which he's honored and um, recognized as king and as the sovereign, you know, as a we call a sovereign, as the king of a country, or the queen of a country is called the sovereign. So it's the place where God is honored as king, where he's treated as king, where he's submitted to as king. And so when Jesus says that the kingdom of God has come in when with his coming, and then he says that the kingdom of God is coming. So the kingdom of God is something which is here now in part, but which is coming at a later time in fullness. And so what that means is that you and me can experience the kingdom of God to a degree now. It means that we can live in the kingdom of God in the sense that God is our king. He has rule over us and he reigns over our lives. We submit to him as king and we experience some of the benefits of his kingship or his kingdom here and now. But on the other hand, his kingdom is something which is still yet to come in fullness. Does that make sense? Um, You know, there are other other ways that this is described in the Bible, you know, as in addition to being saved and and inheriting the kingdom of God, there are other metaphors like eternal life. You know, Jesus says that's again something which begins now. He says John three, th- or yeah, John seventeen verse three. He says that this is eternal life to know me, and uh, to know the Father, and to to believe in Jesus who He sent. 
And so knowing God is the essence of eternal life. It's something which can begin now and which reaches fulfillment and fullness at a time yet to come. Right. Yeah, because I just, like, hear uh, Pastor Raul Reese, you know, talks about, um, you know, like, drunkards, homosexuals, fornicators, men will not inherit the kingdom of God, you know, like the, the Scripture says, but I just come across as hearing him as, like, you know, you you can lose your salvation or you know you're not going to make it into heaven if you are in these sins, you know? I see. Yeah, well, I mean thing is that when he quotes that verse he's quoting a verse so that is um in the bible you know paul the apostle said that he gave this list you know people who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of god and you know that gets down to a whole argument over well it's not really an argument it's more of a discussion over you know at what point does a person have salvation can you lose salvation if you stop believing does that mean that you never had it to begin with and, uh, I mean, that, that gets into a whole different area. No, right. I mean, I, th- I think my take on that personally is, I put it this way, I don't really like the phrase, lose your salvation, uh, because it implies something that happened to you that you didn't want to happen, but it happened anyway. Kind of like, yeah. I, lost my, I lost my keys, or I lost my kids in the grocery store again, you know, mm. something like that. Like, I didn't mean to, but it happened to me. And yeah. I don't think that that is biblical, and I'll give you a few reasons why. One is, it, another metaphor that's used for this to describe it is that we have been born again to new life. And another one is that the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a seal. So there's been, yeah, so we've been sealed unto salvation. Right. And, and that implies that God has kind of put a down payment on us, meaning that he has laid claim to us and he's not going to let us go. But, so my question would be this, if you have been born again, how do you get unborn again? If you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit by God, does God unseal you with the Holy Spirit? It seems to me um, that that is not what happens. Uh, Rather, I would fall more in the camp of the person who says, you know, you never truly had that salvation to begin with. Now, clearly, like Hebrews chapter 6, it gives some descriptors of a person who it says, had some signs of being a Christian. Like if I look at the description of Hebrews chapter 6, he describes a person. I'll just read it to you real quick. He says, If you have been enlightened, once enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, shared in the Holy Spirit, tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then you've fallen away. My point with this is just to say, Man, if, if I had somebody who had those credentials, they had been enlightened, they had tasted the heavenly gift, shared in the Holy Spirit, tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, I wouldn't only think that person was a Christian. I'd be like, you should be an elder in my church, man. Like, right. those are some great qualifications. But then it says that they've fallen away. And what that means is that there are people who, from all outward appearances to me and you, would appear to be Christians, and yet it seems that they are not. And so... Really, the point of Hebrews 6 is that, and I would, I would say, you know, of what the, the verse you quoted earlier from um, the Apostle Paul, the point of these verses is really to get us to examine ourselves and to see if we're really in the faith. And I would put it this way, that a person who is doing those things and feels no conviction about them, those messages are written to those people. 
right. they're not people who need comfort. They're people who need to be challenged. They're people who need to be to have a sober conversation like are you actually a christian because everything in your life points to the evidence that you are not and uh but then on the other hand if you have people who are like man i really want to follow jesus but i keep struggling to do so and i'm not sure about my salvation well then there are other bible verses where god speaks to those people and gives them confidence and comfort in christ so it's really knowing the situation knowing the person as to which <clears throat> which verse applies to them Okay, yeah, so I guess that would be my next, well, comment or whatever. I have a buddy of mine that, um, you know, back in the day, he sat down and fasted with me and uh, went to church with me, fasted uh, to ask my wife to marry me, you know, because we weren't together at the time. So, like I said, he claims to be a believer, all this and that, but on the other hand, he is homosexual and just recently had got married. So it's like, you know, I mean, I'm just in fear for his salvation, you know, whatnot. And like my wife says, you know, I mean, I don't want to cut it, come at him in a condemning way, but just to, I'm trying to pull out of him, you know, like I texted him the other day, hey man, you remember when you sat down and fasted with me and prayed, look at the effects what the Holy Spirit has done in my life, you know, has brought me and my wife, not only together, we have four beautiful children, and it's just, I don't know how he can call himself a Christian, knowing the Word of God, and be okay with being married to another man. Right. Yeah, you know, and I do think that that is a case in which you do want to point out a verse like the one you read earlier. You want to point that out to him. I would also point out to him Hebrews chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 10, where it okay. talks about, um, you know, these are really all verses that kind of say the same thing. The one, the one benefit to the verse that you pointed out earlier is that he actually lists the specific issue that your, your friend is involved in at the moment. Right. And I think that that is a good question for, for him to grapple with. And, um, you know, I'd point you to one more resource. So you might have to purchase something like a book. And there are a few right. articles, but this guy named Christopher Yuan so he spoke at our pastor's conference last year, and he is a former homosexual who has uh, renounced homosexuality, and he is now a seminary professor. He's become a Christian. And he's written a lot on this topic, and, um, and I, think, I think it's really good. Um, so his name is Christopher Yuan. It's spelled Y-U-A-N, and he has a website... Mm -hmm. ChristopherYuan.com, okay. so it's Y-U-A-N, and he, uh, like I said, he has, uh, it's really kind of the one, it's not the only topic he talks about, but it is a big topic. Uh, there's another person who I would recommend who's also written on this topic. She's a woman. Her name is Rosaria Butterfield, and she has also written on this topic, Rosaria Butterfield. So I'd encourage you to Google those two resources. Um, and and have that conversation with your friend but i think those bible verses that you the, the bible verse you read i think that's a conversation you need to have with your friend and i think that uh you can do that in a way that's not aggressive in a way that's loving as a friend and say hey let's dialogue about this because i care about you and, right uh, and let's have an honest conversation because i mean it sounds like you yourself you know you want to know how does he reconcile this in his mind and and is his reconciliation of it 
correct? Is it appropriate? Right. Because, you know, I listened the other day and you had a caller where his nephew was going to get married and he wasn't sure if he should attend the wedding. And you had a different take on if he was a believer or not. I got a kind of same scenario that's going to be coming up that I was talking to my wife about that my daughter's going to be graduating, so he is going to be coming from Arizona, and I know he's going to want to ask to stay in our extra room, Mm -hmm. but I was telling my wife that me as the leader, the spiritual leader of the house, I do not want to condone his sin and let him and his husband come stay in the house, you know. I would just see what your take is on that, you know, I'm biblically correct there, you know, in a loving way. Like, how do I talk to him about that? Like, you know, I just can't allow that. I just feel convicted on that. Sure. Here, here's what I would say. Two things. Well, first of all, I have a question for you. So it sound, if I understand you correctly, it sounds like he is a practicing homosexual, but he uh, considers himself a Christian at the same time. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that is different than the situation I was dealing with the other day. And but even if it even if it was the same situation the other day, I would probably end up giving the same advice. And here's my advice to you. I would say. Uh, Tell him, hey, man, I really want you to come. I want you to be here. I'm going to rent you a room at this hotel, and I'm going to pay for it. You know, so you're taking the burden off of him, but you're, and you're being generous, and you're still being hospitable. You're saying, but, you know, I think on some level he has to know that you disagree with his lifestyle. He's not going to be totally surprised by that. But I think that it's a way that you can, you can make a gesture that says, hey, I love you, I care about you, and I absolutely want you here. But I just am conflicted about you staying in my house with my kids. Right. Okay. And not right because on, of man. who yeah. he is, but Greatly because of what he's doing. That, uh, yeah. You know, and just the other day, even like that uh, girl, Brittany, I had texted in, you know, and you said you were uh, real good friends with uh, Charlie Campbell, you know. Yeah. And uh, he has a lot of great resources on there, too, so... uh yeah, man, God bless you, and I thank you for your ministry. Awesome. God bless you, Nick. Take All right, care. have a good day, right. Pastor Nick. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got one free line right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 Nine, seven. Let's go to Rhonda in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you? Doing well. What's going on? Hey, um, so I called in a couple of weeks ago and talked to Pastor Ed. Um, just um, put out a prayer request for um, a nephew that is um, in the Children's Hospital. Um, okay. I just had a little bit of a, well, I have a prayer, uh, another prayer request for him, but also a praise report. Um, good things are happening. Um, God's providing um, for my sister and her family, um, and we're just um, believing that God's going to deliver my nephew from. Um, he has anorexia. He's been, well, been diagnosed with it, and um, he's still refusing to eat or drink anything. And they have him tube fed. Mm. Um, so I just want to continue to lift him up in prayer and for all of those who would um, please pray for him. Um, 
that situation hasn't changed, but God's been really providing um, so far as um, providing um, just support and love from total strangers to my sister's family, and um, her, she and her husband are here in Denver staying um, to be with their son. Um, they're from the Western Slope, so they're um, 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 God's just providing, and so I just wanted to thank everybody for their prayers and just continue to pray for um, Corbin, that's his name, um, my nephew. Corbin, okay. Um, he's cutting and suicidal, and he still doesn't have a will to live, and he's still refusing to eat or drink, so we're just praying that God will deliver him from this affliction and also yeah. pray for his salvation. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty serious stuff. Are your... Um so his parents, are they believers? Do they know the Lord? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray for him. Thanks for the update. Yeah. All right. Lord, we lift up Rhonda to you and thank you for her and her care for her nephew. We thank you for uh, her nephew, Corbin. Lord, thank you that you preserved his life, that he is still alive, that he's in this hospital and he's getting care. Lord, whatever is the, the root cause of this in his life, that he's suicidal and he's anorexic and he's cutting. Lord, we pray that you would break through that. We pray that you would set him free from it. We pray that you would deliver him from it. Lord, remember a story of a young man in the Bible, Lord, who you met. And he was a man who was cutting himself and shouting in the in the cemetery. And Lord, you came and, and the next thing we knew, we see this man after being touched by Jesus, that he is in his, it says he's in his right mind and he's clothed and he's no longer cutting himself. And so Lord, that is our prayer for Corbin as well. Lord, that you would heal his mind, you would heal his heart, whatever is going on inside of him, Lord, heal his body. And we pray that the spiritual issue and the heart issue that's going on inside of him that's leading him to these activities and behaviors. Lord, we pray that you'd heal it, that you would be the resolution for it, and that in you, Jesus, he would find his worth, that he would find hope, and that he would ultimately come and experience joy in you. Lord, we pray for other people out there. I know that many of our callers, maybe some of them are struggling with the same things or they have loved ones who are. Lord, we pray for those who are hurting themselves and those who have no desire to live anymore. Lord, we pray that as the enemy attacks them in their thought life with thoughts of hurting themselves or thoughts that they are worthless and that they are not loved, um, Lord, I pray that you would cut through those, that you would bind the enemy in the way that he wants to bring in those terrible thoughts and destructive actions and lord that you would that you would take what the enemy has taken hold of and you would make it your own and i pray that you would do that in jesus name amen amen thank you absolutely amen. okay well god bless you thank you for calling in i'm going to continue to pray for your nephew okay yeah, um just a side note um just a prayer just continue to lift me up in prayer as well because i'm emotionally um I don't have any children, so my nieces and nephews are like my kids, and I just um, am having a lot of just anxiety and struggle with having faith and hope and and being positive and being supportive. Yeah. And do you have a Do you have a good try not to give community? too much without depleting myself? You know, so Absolutely. just um just for strength. Absolutely. Do you have a good church community to support you? Um, 
And my husband and I, we um, are going to um, the Rocky Mountain Calvary. In, oh, okay. I live in Colorado Springs. Yeah, that's a great church. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and, yeah, yeah. So, thank you so much for your prayers and just for everybody that's listening and that has been praying for my family for the past couple of weeks. It's, you know, it's working, so keep praying, okay? <laughs> awesome. God bless thank you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. You can call in. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Bonnie in Maryland. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome Hi, to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Hey, welcome to the program. Yes, you, I, I listen to your show every night. Oh, I'm glad. So you're in Maryland. Uh, I, That's awesome. I just want to say another prayer. I've been out of work since last August, and and it seems like every time I have the interview, I screw it up. Mm. I don't know. I just want to pray that um, I can get a job soon because yeah. I, I don't have any more unemployment left. Okay. Well, yeah, let's pray for you. Let's do it right now. Heavenly Father, we pray for Bonnie, everybody listening as well in the air. Lord, we lift her need up to you, this need for a job. Lord, we pray for her that uh, as she is running out of unemployment, Lord, she needs a job. We pray you'd lead her to the right place. And we pray that you would give her the, the right words to speak at the interview. We pray you'd give her confidence when she goes to those interviews and Lord, that you would give her favor in the eyes of the people who are interviewing her, that they would have a desire to hire her and they would, they would, you know, you just touch, touch their hearts and that they would have a desire to hire her and, uh, and give her a job. So Lord, we pray that you would lead her and guide her and give favor in those job interviews. And we pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. I'll I'll keep I'll, when I get when I get a job I'll call you back. That would be awesome. God bless you, All Bonnie. Right. All, All right. right. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We are going to go to break in two minutes. We've got two callers on the line, so I'm going to ask them to hold, and I'm going to answer a call a question from our text line. And then um, we'll get to the callers again after the break. So I had one text that was uh, sent in. This is actually a text from someone who is in our school of ministry here at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. We have a school of ministry that meets on weekdays in our church office. And this question came in from our church history class. Is Jesus still fully human and fully divine, or did his humanity end at some point? For example, at his resurrection or his ascension or with his glorified body, etc. So my answer to that would be that, uh, yeah, when he was here on earth, Jesus was fully human and fully divine. It seems to me that Jesus is no longer fully human and fully divine. Um, He definitely has a glorified resurrection body, a heavenly body. And at that point, he's no longer fully human. And so that clearly, that part certainly happened at his resurrection. But as far as the term is called kenosis, it's the idea that in his humanity, Jesus emptied himself, or so to say, gave up his divine privileges, or at least some of his divine privileges. Um, And so in his life on earth, he was led by the Holy Spirit. 
And he did the things that he did, the incredible things he did by the power of the Holy Spirit with dependence upon God, not just because, you know, he was Jesus and he can do stuff that you can't. And so that idea comes from Philippians chapter 2, where it talks about how Jesus emptied himself and we're to have this mind in ourselves that was also in him, how he emptied himself and he didn't take the privileges that were his as God. Now, at what point did Jesus stop that process of emptying himself? Was it as his re- at his resurrection or his ascension? I believe it was at his resurrection. And the proof of that, I would say, comes from, for example, when you see Jesus uh, enter the room with his disciples, it says that he walked into a room that was locked. And I think the point of that was to show his disciples that he has now stopped that process of laying aside his um, godly privileges and now he has taken upon that so he's no longer human and no longer fully human and fully divine he's now divine so we will be back in just two minutes after the break you're listening to calvary live Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady today filling in for Pastor Ed Taylor, who usually hosts on Thursdays. He's in Israel right now, and I get to fill in for you. I host every Monday, and you can also hear me Uh, at 2.30 p.m. every weekday and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on Grace FM with our regular show and, of course, on Mondays with the Calvary Live show. So Whitefields Community Church is the church I am the pastor of. We are in Longmont, Colorado. I just want to take the opportunity right here at the beginning of the second half of the show to personally invite those of you who are in and around the city of Longmont, Colorado to come and join us on a Sunday morning. Our church meets in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue right on the corner of Long's Peak and Kaufman, right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. You can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. You can find all of our teachings and directions and kind of stuff that's going on with our church these days on that website. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go back to our call-in line. We've got some callers on hold. So Desiree on line one. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing today, Pastor? Doing very well, thanks. Um, well, I was calling because um, I would love prayers. I'm getting a, getting attacked spiritually. The more I serve my Father God, the more I get attacked. But I'm standing strong. I went to church on Sunday. I got into fellowship. Good. And um, that's what I was been lacking. I think I spoke to you about that, that I have not been in church. Uh, I, yeah, I you... get minister every day from your radio station. I read my Bible. In my house, we serve the Lord. But what I'm lacking is fellowship. So I went to church Sunday, and I'm going to try to be there every Sunday, Wednesday, just try to get myself and, you know, ground it in the church. Good. Glad but, to hear it. But I, the other day, I was on the internet and I ordered a Bible. So they brought me a Bible, two missionary young ladies, and when they, I invited them in the house, we started sharing the Word of God. They really didn't know much about the Bible. 
I was um, sharing everything what I have learned, and I thank you, Pastor, because you guys um, are just watering me through the grace of God, getting watered every day. And um, so they gave me the Bible, and I told my daughter, you know, I told my daughter about the two ladies that came over, and um, I was telling her they really didn't know nothing about the Bible. I said, it's crazy. I knew more about the Bible than they did. And my daughter looked at me real weird, and then I opened the Bible, and I found this little booklet that they, you know, they snuck it in. They were Mormons. Okay. And um, I'm glad I got to share the word of Jesus with them, but I was going through their path. Like, they pray, and they um, pray to Joseph Smith. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, well, um, you know, Desiree, I tell you this. I, you know, I think Mormon Mormonism falls in the same category as kind of Jehovah's Witnesses in the sense that they use the, they like to label themselves as Christians, but the kind of things that they believe in exclude them from being categorized as Christians, in my opinion. And it's not just my opinion. That's really the opinion of, of all mainstream Christians. And the reason is because Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses both believe in a different Jesus and they believe in a different salvation. And that's really what all of it comes down to. You know, that's really the two big questions. Who is Jesus to you and how does one get saved? How does one receive salvation and what does that salvation mean so for um i'll put it this way it's not just mormons and jehovah's witnesses it's any religion in the world this is what makes christianity unique you know i've heard it put this way that christianity is not neither religion nor non-religion right no nor irreligion so when some people you know you get these people who will say things like oh i'm not religious i'm a christian I mean, I understand their sentiment, and I guess I probably agree with their sentiment, but I think it can be a bit misleading, you know, because, uh, you know, you're essentially trying to pit Christianity against religion. And, yeah, I get that, too. I, I would agree with that to a degree. But I would say, here's the thing about Christianity. It's neither irreligion, nor is it religion. It's a third thing. And that third thing is the gospel. And the way that it's different is that, Every religion in the world says that the way that you are saved is by your own actions. You're saved by doing certain things or by, you know, rituals or, you know, fulfilling certain requirements, you know, five times a day this or going here and doing that, or enough good works, being a good enough person. Uh, but Christianity says, no, that's not at all how you're saved. The way that you're saved is purely by the grace of God because he acted on your behalf out of love for you and he took the punishment the judgment that you deserved upon himself on the cross so that he could give you what he deserved so in other words he took what you deserved and he's giving you what he deserved and wow. that great exchange is called grace now see mormons though they they uh would teach that the way that a person attains salvation Again, even that word attain is different than the word receive. So it's something okay. that you attain to by being a good enough person following certain pillars or rules and with Jehovah's Witnesses as well. So I would really just encourage you and all of our listeners to, you know, if you are seeking God, if you want to be a Christian, please do not get involved with the Mormon okay. church or the Jehovah's uh, Witness church. Um, Pastor, okay, I, I'm going to legacy. I've been there before. And I went back, and um, I just thank you because you've all 
just all of you, all the pastors from Calvary just fed me, and I thank you. I thank you so much. And um, how do I tell them you're not welcome to my home without well, being rude? How do I say that? Oh, I think that's very clear. You know, what I tell them is, because I've had them come down my street. In fact, I've, I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I saw some Jehovah's Witness missionaries on my street uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, on the one hand, I know that these people are 100% sincere. They they are not, you know, seething at the mouth, you know, rabid people. They are very yeah. kind. And these people in particular, they're kind elderly people. And I in no way want to offend them or hurt them. But I do want to kindly and gently make it clear to them that what they believe is not what the Bible teaches, not Christianity. And therefore, I would prefer that they not come to my house and I prefer that they not even come on my street because I don't really want them to talk to my neighbors. So I just tell them that. I say, hey, look, I am a Christian and I believe that what you are preaching is a different Jesus. It's a different salvation. And okay. I and I'm not open to, um, you know, having you come to evangelize me to your fake gospel. And ne- neither do I want you on my street, um, you know, deceiving my neighbors. I think that if you say that, looking them in the eye and trying to have love for them in your heart, that uh, you, you can do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And um, I thank you. I yeah. thank you so much. And... Um, could you please pray for me that I I stay strong with my walk and um, everything I do I yeah. I do for the Lord Absolutely. and I love and I love so much and maybe I love too much yeah. but um, I just thank you. Awesome. Well, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Desiree. I thank you that, uh, Lord, she is back in fellowship and that she is growing by listening to teachings here. I thank you that she's um, back in fellowship over at, at the church, and I pray that she would grow there, that she would get rooted and grounded in the knowledge of you, and that you would equip her to be able to bring the gospel into her life and into her everyday conversations, and that she would be able to minister to people in your name and speak the truth in love because of you, Jesus. So I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Desiree, say hi to your pastor for me. I know John. He's a good friend. Yes, so I will. You. I'll, I'll do right. that Sunday. You have a wonderful week, and may the Lord bless you and keep shining in the name of Jesus. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church here on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We have Two open lines right now, so it's a good time to call in. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three where we've got Brian in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hi, Brian. Uh, how are you doing, Pastor? I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, I appreciate you holding. I know you've been waiting a while. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so... Uh, I just had a question. I was listening to a, a I listened to Calvary Chapel um, on local radio station, and uh, one of my favorite pastors. Uh, he was explaining how it's a. He was talking about how the Bible explains how to pray. How to pray, and yeah. one of the examples he was using is the Lord's, and where we are to uh, you know, ask for forgiveness, and and um, I don't. He obviously didn't mean it as works like okay, this is something you have to do, but he was saying it as you know, it's a good idea to 
to help yourself and just kind of reset yourself and and ask for forgiveness and and I you know I know this this pastor is very very well educated. He knows the Bible. So I didn't understand really where he was coming from because obviously how I understood it is that when, you know, we're saved and you know, we live our life for Christ that, you know, our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. So I'm just, yeah, I understand the Bible did explain to, to pray for that. I, just, I guess I just don't understand why why the pastor would recommend that. And then also, I guess really why would the Bible explain to continually pray for forgiveness? Or maybe I'm misunderstanding something. No, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it. So Jesus was the one who said that, right? So he was asking, he, he was teaching his disciples how to pray. And that's what we call the Lord's prayer. It's the uh -huh. prayer that Jesus taught us. And in that prayer, Jesus tells them, you know, here's how you should pray. And it's obviously meant to be a, um, it is obviously meant to be a, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, Temple. daily. I'm sorry. No, it's meant to be a daily prayer. Oh, okay. Whether and yeah, and the question should you recite this prayer or should you pray in a like manner? I personally think that what Jesus is saying is that this is the manner in which you should pray, not saying that this is the exact prayer that you should pray. And mm -hmm. so you look at the elements of it, he calls God Father, he's speaking to him as a father, and then he you know he says, Give us today our daily bread. So this is meant to be a daily prayer. And then he mm -hmm. says, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so clearly he's saying every day he's recommending that we that we confess our sins and ask for forgiveness. Now I do get your point like well if we are forgiven then why should we ask for forgiveness? Does that some people would even say well does that mean that you lack faith in the fact that you are actually forgiven? And I mm -hmm. would say maybe with some people it, it could get to that point like where you don't really believe that you're forgiven and that you have to ask forgiveness in order to be forgiven. But I don't think that's necessarily how Jesus meant it or how we should understand it. I'm going to read to you another passage from 1 John chapter 1. And so, just a little context. I mean, John is writing in this letter to people who had embraced a kind of dualism, which said, you know, the, the flesh is bad, the spirit's good, therefore my flesh is all bad, therefore I can do bad things with my flesh and as long as my spirit is right with God. And so mm -hmm. here's what, they, uh, what he said. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, right? So if you're saying like, no matter what I do, you know, I don't have any sins, I'm, I'm, I'm without sin. He says, you're deceiving yourself. The truth is not in you. You do have sin. But here's, here's what he says. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then he goes on to say, my children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins. Here's, here's what I'm going to say to you. that You repent once in your life in a sense, right? Like you repent and turn to Jesus. But then on the other mm -hmm. hand, the whole of the Christian life, is it not, is one of repentance. One of continual repentance and saying, okay, I'm continually you know, so to say, course correcting, meaning like, you know, the idea of repentance is turning away from something and turning to something else. So you're saying, as I have chosen, you know, the one big time in my life, the first time to say, I'm choosing to turn away from this life I was living, this path I was going on and turn to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it's been a week and now I'm still, I'm still doing that in different areas of my life. And even in the major areas of my life, I'm choosing to continually mm -hmm. repent of anything I'm doing that is not following him 
It's not his lordship over my life and turning back to him. So that just that to say, I think that when we are asking for forgiveness, we're, we should acknowledge the fact that we are forgiven in Jesus. But I put it this way. It's like I talked to the earlier caller and I said, there's a sense in which salvation is talked about in three ways in the Bible, that we have been saved. It's an act that was done in the past. Jesus died on the cross. He, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He attributed that to us. That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I'm saying. He imputed mm -hmm. it. That's the word I'm looking for. He imputed it to us, basically like when you deposit something in somebody's bank account. And so therefore it's ours. And, okay. and yet it still talks about that we are being saved and that it talks about our salvation as something that will happen in the future. And so I'll give you another example. The Bible talks about how we receive the Holy Spirit when we put our faith in Jesus. We receive the Holy Spirit as a seal. So we have the Holy Spirit within us. And then yet we see in the book of Acts and different times in the Bible where we're encouraged to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So he says, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now be being filled with the Holy Spirit in a continuous tense. And I guess that really that's my, my whole point of it to you is that the whole of the Christian life is all of these things. It is, it is repentant. You have repented and you are repenting still, continually repenting and, and turning to Jesus in order to follow him. It is having been filled with the Holy Spirit and continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is having been forgiven and continuing to confess your sins and be forgiven. Now, it's, now I will say that the forgiveness is something that happened in the past, but it mm -hmm. is super important for me and you to confess our sins. And there's two things that it does as, as we confess our sins. One is that it makes us humble. And the other mm -hmm. one is that it, it makes us glory in Christ Jesus. Because every I time see. I sin and then I say, Father, I've sinned and I repent of that. You know, I'm, in, I'm saying, I'm looking to the cross. I'm looking to what he did for me. I'm also humbling myself. So I'm acknowledging the fact that I have failed and fallen short. I'm not thinking more highly of myself than I ought. And I'm thinking highly of Jesus. So, and I think you you made me thought of a good point that a lot of times prayer, you know, is is for us and and to remind ourselves, um, remind ourselves of things. So that yeah, I, I can see why that would be recommended, even though we've already received salvation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Brian, and God bless you. Take thank care. Thank you. You too. Have a good All night. Right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts, answering your questions from the Bible and anything else in your life that you'd like to talk about. Let's go to Chris on line one, who has a follow-up question to something we talked about earlier. Hi, Chris. Hi, yeah. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I guess more of like kind of, I guess, a question or um, maybe something I, I guess my opinion differ a little bit. So, um, the call uh, previously from Desiree in regards to the Mormons going door to door. Sure. Um, I was just curious when she'd asked you, you know, how do I ask them to not come back? You know, your suggestion was, we'll just tell them, you know, they obviously are preaching a false gospel, which they are. You know, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, they're obviously doing that to your neighbor. It's not a good thing. Just tell them not to come back, right? It was kind of the suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess more of a question. I, I went to a service years ago and it kind of always stuck with me where uh, the pastor had encouraged us to, anytime, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons come to the door, actually always invite them in. 
and try to establish a relationship with them and show them love and kindness. You know you disagree, but hopefully through that relationship, we're able to fill the Great Commission as far as, you know, because as you said, that they are very genuine and sincere and not really necessarily aware, right? And so just more of my thought, I guess, curious as to if you ask them to leave, that's not really showing the love of Christ, but also missing a possible opportunity to witness to them maybe the differences through like a relationship. So I just, I was just, I, I, was, surpri- I was surprised that was the answer, I guess, is really my Yeah. There, well, no, I appreciate the follow-up because I think you bring up an excellent point. And, uh, and that is that, yeah, why wouldn't we invite them in and have a conversation about that with them? I think, you know, one thing that I'm guessing we could probably agree on is that some people are equipped and able and ready for that conversation, and some people are not, and they would feel completely overwhelmed. And, you know, because these people have been trained to answer questions, even from Christians. And so, you know, if a person feels that they are in a place where they would be able to dialogue and have that conversation and be able to, you know, be salt and light without being negatively influenced or having their faith shaken, then I would absolutely encourage them to do that. So, again, thank you for bringing up that point. I've done that many times myself. I've, uh, I remember having an ongoing, like, literally like two months kind of relationship with some Jehovah's Witness missionaries when I was myself a missionary in Hungary. Uh, I was a young guy, you know, in early 20s, and I had these Jehovah's Witnesses who would always come to my house, and I'd sit with them for hours. And, you know, what ends up happening is that they, the way that they do this, both the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, they're quite smart in the way that they do their, their mission stuff. So they'll have a, a new guy always be paired with an older, more experienced person. And so once you start asking questions that really challenge their basic tenets of their faith, then they bring in the uh, more experienced person who will refute some of that. And then what ended up happening, in my case, at least in Hungary, with this ongoing relationship, is that they just stopped coming. But um, but I do believe that some important seeds were planted and some some questions were asked that brought doubt to this young guy's faith in you know this false gospel. Another time was we had Mormon missionaries in Hungary, and so we got to know some of them, and, and it was a really interesting thing. I mean, as soon as you started asking questions or challenging what they were saying, they would move these missionaries around, so it was really hard to build relationships with them. But Chris, I totally agree with you, and I appreciate the call to bring that kind of counterpoint. My only point to you would just be to say, I'm not sure that everybody's ready for that. I'm not sure that they are. If they are, then they should definitely do it. And, no, um, that's actually a really good answer. I, I do appreciate that. I was just curious in my mind um, as far as, you know, obviously it's like turning away an atheist or turning, you know what I mean, anybody who maybe doesn't know truly Jesus. I just kind of thought that's an opportunity. But you're absolutely correct. In, in my experience, they're very, very well-versed in their faith, and they actually have a rebuttal or answer to obviously possibly say. Um, so you're absolutely 110% correct. But I also sometimes think to myself, what if we as Christians knew our Bible the way that they know their faith, right? Well, oh, what kind man. of conversations do we if, have? So if we were the kind of missionaries, that regard as well. yeah, if we were the kind of missionaries that they are, they're mm-hmm. re- really well organized. They're really yep. well trained. I think, like organizationally, man, we could learn a ton from them. Yeah. You know, but, I, I guess your point. You're saying if someone's not prepared personally, then obviously that's possibly inviting in some sort of unwelcome, you know, um, influences. I get that as well. That makes sense. You know what's interesting? I'm just getting a message from the producer as we're 
having this conversation. And he says that Desiree called back while you were talking and uh, says that she did actually invite them in and she tried to witness to them, but she found that it was ineffective. And so, yeah, which happens yeah. a lot of time, but if it was always ineffective, then we would always never try. That's true. We shouldn't just give up because <laughs> it's ineffective. I'll tell you this, though. You had mentioned atheists bringing up questions. I actually do think that's a different category. I think that's a okay. different thing. Because, you know, with an atheist or an agnostic or somebody who's asking questions, I think that's really different than a person who's coming preaching something. I, I guess I would say that I think that the that the pseudo-Christian groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, they're almost a bit more insidious because because they're actually co closer to the truth. They're taking the truth and putting a twist on it that's that's making it different, as opposed to an atheist where it's like something where I think you should absolutely have that conversation with them. Yeah, no, I agree, and it completely is insidious. It's completely the enemy uh, basically twisting as close as possible. I mean, everything you're saying is completely correct, but... You know, I guess my idea, and everything is, I'm not disagreeing, but, you know, an atheist doesn't know Jesus, a Mormon doesn't know Jesus, a Jehovah Witness doesn't know Jesus, and it's almost our responsibility or relevant of their preparedness or their faith or what they're trying to do, but to love them, to care about them, and to, to just pray and allow, and allow God to do His work. So, But you're absolutely correct as well. Awesome. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, God bless, my friend. All right, God bless you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We've got about five minutes left in the show. We'll have time to do one more caller. But before we go to that last call, uh, just in response to our last conversation with Chris, um, you know, about sharing our faith, I want to turn you on to a quick resource. On my, I have a website and a blog where for the past... Um, week I've been writing a series on does science erode faith and so does studying science make you become an atheist basically so if you'd be interested in reading that you can go to my website it's at, at nickkady.org that's n-i-c-k-c-a-d-y dot o-r-g so nickkady.org and I've got some articles written recently about the topic of atheism and faith and science and does science lead to atheism and of course my conclusion is no it doesn't but even more so, I've got some data behind that and some statistics. So check that out. And let's go to line two for our last call with Avi from Denver, Colorado. Hi, Avi. Welcome to the program. Oh, Avi dropped. Okay, so let's go to our text line and take a couple texts before the end of the show. So we have a question from Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, which asks the question, If we refuse to forgive someone... Will God not forgive our sins? And does that mean that we will not go to heaven? So let me read that verse to you and then answer that question. Matthew chapter 6, verse 15. The question is, it says this. Uh, so it starts in verse 14. This is a follow-up on that Lord's Prayer question we had just a few minutes ago. It says this. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So my answer to your question would be yes. And that is a very, very strong message. And it's something we should take very seriously. If we refuse to forgive others, you know, there's actually a parable that Jesus tells about this later on, about a man who was forgiven a lot but refused to forgive someone else something much smaller. And that's a picture of us and how God says, hey, look, if I've forgiven you, you owe it to forgive those who sin against you. And if you don't, then, you know, it, 
it leaves some ambiguity as to whether or not we will go to heaven. And you know where where the Bible leaves that ambiguity where it says, you know, where it doesn't really give you an answer. It kind of it seems to insinuate that no, you won't go to heaven. Um, I think those are really important passages for us to pay attention to and and examine ourselves. And here's what I would say, man, I just want to be so far away from that. You know, I don't want to take that risk. And that would be my um, advice to this texter is, hey, don't even take the risk. Forgive. And here's the crazy thing, that that sin that that person did against you, God has already forgiven them for what they've done to you. Because ultimately, every sin we commit is a sin against God. Every sin other people commit against us, God takes it personally. And here's the crazy thing. If God has already forgiven that person's sin, then why wouldn't you? You really should. He's forgiven your sin. So don't withhold forgiveness from others. And I'll tell you why. Not only because of your salvation. I mean, that's obviously huge. But the other part is this, that it will destroy you. It will eat you up inside. It, it's been said that holding on to bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It, it, in the end, you're only hurting yourself. It's like locking yourself in a prison and you hold the key. And, and you're creating your own prison, your own suffering. So I really would encourage you to not hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, but really to, to forgive that person as Christ has forgiven you and experience the freedom and joy that comes through that forgiveness and experiencing that. We're coming up on the last minute of our show. Again, my name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. It's been a pleasure taking your calls and texts on the air today. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Live. You can tune in every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, and I will be with you again on Monday. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.